So you want to rock an aesthetics career? <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to a brand new episode of Illuminating the Path, where you'll get your weekly shot of real career direction. And maybe a little tea. I'm Patty. Marissa here. Coming straight to you from the world's beauty mecca. LA, baby. Illuminating the Path starts now. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back. Patty Rappa here, sharing some good knowledge with all of you aesthetic uh, folks out there that are, or folks that want to be aesthetic folks, um, that are looking to get a little bit of background, some good uh, behind the scenes. I'm excited today. We actually love when we get to chat with um, fellow spa owners and folks that are out there in the field doing it, making it happen every day. Uh, once again, with our lovely nurse, Marissa. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and today we've got Sonia Ellis with the Lab Med Spa out of Texas. Now, I have lots of questions for you, Sonia, today about Texas and doing great work out there. Welcome. Hey, how are you guys? I've got lots of answers, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to kick things off with just um, getting a little bit of good, just background and just how did you get into this space? What compelled you to launch your own, all that good stuff? Please share. Okay. I'll try to make this as short as possible. So um, getting into it, I was med surge nursing because I thought I wanted to be a CRNA. Mm-hmm. And so you have to do a certain amount of med surge. You have to do a certain amount of ICU. So that's where I was. And I was um, recovering VIP plastic surgery patients. And I just found it fascinating, but I wasn't going to stay. I was like, um, just stopping by. Um, yeah. ICU was not for me. I don't know why I thought I could be a CRNA. You don't, your surgeon might want you to be quiet. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> and I like to be moving around. I like to be doing stuff. So I don't know why I thought I could just sit there at the head of the bed. Horrible idea. So gave that up, went into interventional radiology, then did medical sales. And once I'm married to a physician. And so once he got out of residency, I, I didn't have to work anymore. I tried it. It lasted about six months. It was horrible. I was like, please get me back to work. I've worked my whole life. And I just thought, what did I enjoy the most? And it was, it was plastic surgery. I just found it fascinating, even though I just recovered and just did it for a little bit. So went to work for a plastic surgeon in Dallas and, you know, circulated recovery, wound care, did all that. And then of course picked up the needles and yeah, story's over. (laughs) Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, well, over, I, I found needles and I was like, ooh, I like this a lot. Yeah, I'm just really good at it. There's just like a, a click that something a little, it goes off. There's a little light bulb and you're like, this is what yeah. I want to do. And that's how it happened for me as well. Yeah. So when people ask me how to get in this industry, I mean, would it be best to go with a plastic surgeon or a dermatologist? Of course it would. But we all know that's not like, not, not as easy as it sounds. Yeah, it's not as easy yeah. as it sounds. It, it doesn't, there's there's now more people that need our services. And so now we need more injectors. And of course, there's not enough space in that um, field level to go around. You know, obviously I would have loved to have kept it core as well, but like, you know, the people that complain about it, I'm like, it's just, you know, that horse has already left the barn. The best thing that we can do is the old dogs that have been in it for a while, you know, you know, I've been injecting 15 years, I've been in plastic aesthetic for 20 years. You know, we, the best thing that we can do is mentor as many people as we possibly can. 
Yeah. Um, that's what I try to do every day. Um, but there's just way more new injectors than there are older injectors. So we're, we're kind of in an imbalance like right now, but it, the, the new injectors are necessary. So, um, right. Pretty much what I tell them is just if you really, really want to be in this industry, you're going to do whatever, whenever, however, in order to get there. Just don't stop. You'll get there. If you that's but, you know, so critical that you say that because um I I oh, that's such an important, important message because um I feel like, well, you know, previous to the last maybe the ten, last 10 years, we've been as you know introduced to Instagram and all this eye-opening stuff that really has catapulted the industry in such a, you know, it wasn't like this 10 years ago. It was very um, chill and it was very um, just, if you were in this space, you were in this space, but now it's kind of like a gold rush thing. It's like, you know, Marissa, what are your thoughts on that? You had a lot of questions about this too. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like stunned by the the growth. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think I agree with Sonia and I'm trying to also, I've been injecting for almost 10 years. This year, 22 will be my 10th year. And just on, I mean, my eyes have really been open to really what's going on in the industry based on this Facebook group that I always keep talking about on the podcast and have talked to Patty about. And I see, Sonia, I see you on the Facebook group as well, helping these new injectors. And there's so much of, uh, so many industry or so many uh, providers that want to get into the industry mm-hmm. that don't know where to go um, are going to Facebook to ask clinical questions of what should I do for this patient? Um, and it's really alarming because um, there's a lot of providers that are on their own that don't have a mentor. And that's kind of where I'm wanting to go with my career too, is mentoring other providers that are getting into the industry. And that's kind of why we started this podcast is to help with those that don't know where to go. If, um, you know, there's AMSPAL and there's, there's other resources, but there's really not a lot. A lot of providers are going to those Facebook groups. So, I mean, I agree with, with Sonia that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like her and I want to be a mentor, but yeah, such an influx of it and a lack of information out there. Yeah, it's actually scary. Some of the questions that get asked, and, <laughs> right? Um, you know, I try to answer as many of them as I can, and I try to, you know, not be condescending or, you know, I have to remind myself they were where you were once. Be patient. You know, you didn't know this, and so don't act like they should know it. Um, mm-hmm. And people do go faster now. Like we, all of us old people are kind of getting hung up on how fast they're doing things. And what we need to realize is back in our day, these things weren't available. We, we, you know, we all knew each other, you know, we all went to the same class, like um, we all got the same information. And now there's just this plethora of stuff out there and they're going faster than we did because there's so many options for them to choose from. We, we can't say that we wouldn't have gone as fast as they did if we had all of the information that they have at their fingertips. Right. Right. And the, so, yeah, the, the, yeah. it's, it's so readily available, um, but not in a curated, responsible way. That's, that's the challenge. challenge. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, the problem is, is that they don't know where their limits are. They don't know where to stop because there's nobody there telling them, "Hey, you're not ready for this." Yeah. So I just try to say it in a nice way. I'm like, "Hey, you know, what are the products that you're used to working with? What areas are you comfortable with?" Okay, yeah, you probably 
should not try this yet. It's it's just a little bit past your pay grade. It's fine. You're going to get there, but you need to hone your skills. Just like in math, we learn our math facts. If right. you don't learn your math facts, you're never going to be good at trigonometry or calculus or any of the other things that require those critical thinking skills because you didn't learn that two plus two equals four. Like you have to learn that first. So I think sometimes they want to skip over the basics. You know, a lot of people don't spend a lot of time in neurotoxin class. I think people should do a full year of neurotoxin before they even touch a filler syringe, even if you're brand new. Mm-hmm. There's so many nuances to neurotoxin that people just, they think I got it. I can't hurt people with it. I'm moving on, moving on to filler. Well, so, that's too, that that's the piece that I feel I, if you can, Sonia kind of um, share when let's take a step back to what you were saying. When, when you come up on these folks that are newer um, stars in their eyes have so much um, so much want to do all of these great things. Um, the the biggest challenge, the, I guess the, the biggest rub for me is when these newer um, injectors are wanting to, or even aesthetic nurses that are, or aesthetic folks that are wanting to do um, these types of services. It's not just injectables, it's lasers. You can really do a lot of damage with lasers too and all this stuff. But then you have these spot, you know, founders, owners that are like pushing you into a space of like, okay, you're going to learn this and now you're going to do it and you're going to make me money. Talk a little bit about like what you're seeing in the, in the field. Um, as far as yeah, it's like, I, you know, as a, as a spa owner and as somebody who has 12 employees now, like it's hard, you know, it's, you know, you're the one that's seeing all the bills coming in and, you know, you need to make money in order to pay for everything. So I understand their, Ooh, their, their need to get that person trained and get them into that service so that they can bring in money so that they can pay for everything else. I get it. I really do. But I also have a high level of I don't know. I just keep our spa at a very high level of functioning. So, and, and if you're not ready, you're just not doing it. So we, right. I spend tons of money in education and a lot of these spa owners aren't willing to chip in. Now I have a buy-in for people that I train. So you're going to owe me a certain amount of years, or you're going to owe me money. If you leave me before I have gotten my money's worth. Same. Of we have the same. Yeah. I think that's fair. I it's mean, so I fair. I cannot, after teaching you, open up your little head and take out what I taught you and, exactly. and, then, and then let you walk out the door. When Once I teach you, it's in there and I can't get it back. So it's just a way to um, protect me as a, a business owner because I provide a lot of education for my girls. And um, they they get a lot and I expect a lot. And so... Yeah, I think I understand where the business owners are coming from, but what they don't understand is if somebody is not well-trained in your office and you let them loose, mm-hmm. you are, there is no amount of damage control that you can do from somebody uh, causing a complication with a laser, with a thread, with filler. And once your spa gets that kind of reputation, mm-hmm. you do it enough times, it won't matter what you do. So I just think that business owners should take that into consideration. You should not take a brand new injector. You know, I saw somebody on a pod the other day that their experienced injector was leaving and they were going to bring a new injector in that had never done anything. And they were going to have that old injector teach her for just a little bit. And then of course, 
they were wanting to know where to send the new injector, but they were going to make the new injector pay for all of their training. Now, this is a big contention between owners and injectors, new injectors. New injectors, they're used to getting mentored, trained by the hospital, all for free while they're getting paid. And what they need to know that is when you come into the aesthetic space, that's not the way it works. If you get that set up, you need to kiss the ground that your med spa owner is walking on because you're getting something that most people don't get. Most aesthetic injectors have to pay for all of their own training. They usually have to take a pay cut once they come into the industry. And it's going to take years to build up a book of service in order to support yourself. So most people, you have to either be independently wealthy or you have to be, um, have a good support system, you know, because this is not going to be a fast process. And also you don't know if you're going to be good at it. You don't know if you're going to be good at it. There's a, there's definitely a, there's definitely a, um, and neither does your spa owner. Exactly. Can you just give them a break? I mean, they're taking a chance on you. Right. Right. Yeah. There's definitely a formula to it. I agree. Um, we've seen Marissa, you wanted to ask about the horror stories or what what was the question? (laughs) Well, we, I love, okay. So we, we wanted to keep this an open podcast too, about really what goes on with patient drama and the good and the bad. And what we see in with Sonia, with your experience working in injecting for 15 years, if you could share maybe a couple memorable ones that oh, we can totally add or good. we can build a bridge. We can build a bridge from, from, from new injectors to, um, you know, crazy. Well, they will tie together. Cause I feel like they, they definitely, they go, they go hand in hand. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, they, I'll, yeah, I'll build yeah. the bridge. In those. <laughs> we can totally build a bridge with this. So um, I tell everybody most of the, most of the bad outcomes that I see on, on social media are from brain injectors that they just didn't know that that was a bad idea. They just right. don't know how to pick their product yet. They don't know how to look at a patient and go, that is going to go badly for me. I should probably not do that. Mm-hmm. And we all had to go through that. So I'm not going to fault them for that. It's like, it sucks. I've done it too. You know, this is why when I mentor you, I say, do as I say, not as I do, because if I'm telling you not to do it, I probably already did it. It didn't work out well. It's not going to work out for you either. Mm-hmm. The other thing that new injectors don't know is they don't know patient selection and how to weed out the crazy patient. Right. It is a thing, you guys, and it takes a lot of time uh, to kind of realize that you've got a, a red flag on your on your table mm-hmm. and that you need to find a graceful way to not treat that patient um, and send them on their merry way to where they're not mad at you. And it's really hard. And especially yeah. as a brand new injector, first of all, you're not going to pick them out because the first thing that they're going to do is say that they researched you that you're the best thing since sliced bread, you're going to be their savior. And it feels real good as an injector. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, thank you, girl. Mm, you see my work. Ooh, I, mm-hmm. I did such good work. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, as a brand new injector, it feels really good for somebody to be, you know, kind of blowing sunshine up you for a while. So you think I can save them. I am a good injector. I can do this. And you touch them and then they will be your worst nightmare. Your absolute worst nightmare. So if they are telling you three different people that couldn't do it, and then they're saying, I think you can do it. Let's, let's, I'm giving, you know, 
that's also another red flag. You know, if you're, if they're, if they if they're complaining about the last four places that they went to, you are going to be the fifth. You are not going to make them. Happy. Exactly. And that's that I, that little teeny nugget right there. I hope people are taking notes because that is exactly what happens. If they are, it's the pattern. It never fails the pattern. And that also translates over to people you hire too. If there's like bad, 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 it's like, why do you have those patterns of like, you're just having bad luck or no, it's, you, you might be a little crazy. So it's part of, you know, the reason why we're asking about like these, um, these horror stories is circling back around is we really want to make sure that folks are understanding that, you know, the, the, the putting out the fire piece, new injector, crazy parent, crazy patient, crazy situation, all of it, formula for absolute, but loss of license, lawsuits, all of it. Um, it's, yeah, it's part of, it's part of our daily walk. And I, I can't emphasize it enough. What are some of your um, like takeaways when you've had, I'm sure you've had these situations. Oh yeah. I mean, 15 years. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I had more in the beginning because of course, I, yeah. I didn't know. I you don't know I, what you don't know. I couldn't pick out, you know, and I still, Ooh, I have one sneak through here. It's <laughs> at least one. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, you sneaky. Oh, mm-hmm. you sneaky crazy. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's like, and I also do this with my girls, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like my girls that I, I have two injectors that work in my office that I'm mentoring through. And, um, I, the first time that they have a complication patient, I will go into the room with them Mm -hmm. and I will show them how it's done. This, this is how you handle a complication. This is how you talk to the patient. This is how you calm them down. This is how you tell them how we're going to get to the next step without them going and leaving a bad review or, you know, because you, this is part of our job, mm-hmm. you know, you have to stay calm. Um, you know, the patient's not always right. It, you know, a lot of people say that, no, they're not. And right. sometimes it's okay to tell them that they're wrong. It's sometimes it's okay to tell them, no, you did get a good result. See, here's your before and after. Mm-hmm. So this is a good result. I'm, I'm so sorry that you don't think it is, but right here it states that this could take more than one treatment in order to maybe get what you want in your head. So we're willing to do that. Just let us know what you want to do. Right. So sometimes it's as simple. You don't always have to tell them they're right, but you do have to be very professional about it and very calm and, and kind of like, let them know this is how we do it. Then when they have the second complication, I make them go in by themselves. I'm like, go in there. You're ready. Mm -hmm. You've got to start dealing with, this is part of our, this is part of our world. This is part of our practice. So I saw on social media the other day where a nurse was being very kind of condescending. It was a new injector. She was wanting to find some training and, you know, people were just kind of asking her some questions. They were like, have you searched the pod? And she just went off. Like, Mm. and I was like, wow. I was like, okay, girl, listen, if you want to get in this industry, you, I mean, you, you just can't do this. I mean, you can't have this type of personality. Right. So yeah. Yeah. It's a very small industry, very small, it's a very small industry. And the other thing too, um, this is something that I I'm curious to uh, see what you think of. Um, I'm very, I I'm obviously the business side of the house. I'm very protective of our nurses to the point that if we do have crazy or I'm protective in two ways, I'm protective in the sense that, you know, if you're not ready, you're not going to, you're not going to be doing these high end treatments, 
Um, you have to go through Marissa's sign-off, you know, approval process. Yes. Um, but then I'm also protective with the crazy patients. I don't have a problem if they leave a bad review. I'm pretty good about getting on there and, you know, sharing the other side of the story. I'm not, I'm not sure that's PR, you know, good, good training, but um, it's still, or practice, but it's still, um, I feel like if you're going to get a, uh, you, you want to make an informed decision, you're, um, you're going to hear both sides. How do you feel about like people going off and, you know, I'm sure you've had those reviews at some point in the career and I've only had one yeah. in my entire career yeah. and they left a one-star review, uh, left a kind of like a dialogue of like what happened. And I was like, mm, that's just not how we do things. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing about it sounded anything like how we would handle something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you do have to be very careful with HIPAA. You cannot respond directly to the patient as a patient on a review. People mm-hmm. need to know that mm-hmm. you can only say, even though they've exposed themselves as a patient, right. I know it's crazy. I, mm-hmm. I feel very, I feel like we can get attacked, but we can't attack back. And I just don't mm-hmm. think it's fair, but we are medical. And so we are held to a completely different standard than um, a retail boutique store. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when somebody left that review, I just said, based on the initials, we do not have anybody with your initials in our database. Right. Um, We, you know, we cannot find where we feel like you were a true patient of ours. That is okay to say. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we would have hoped that you would have contacted us first um, about this problem. We do not have any uh, record of anybody contacting us about this problem mm-hmm. uh, before you put this on um, the you know the World Wide Web, and then also I said everything that you're saying we have a protocol in this office, and here is our protocol, and this is what everybody follows. And I've already asked all the girls, did this protocol not get done in any instance? And all of them said no. So I'm so sorry that I just I don't think you were. Are you sure you have the right med spa? <laughs> is what I said. Yeah. And that's and, a great way to respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What steps and, do you make? Um, Sonia, what steps do you make for, so patients aren't, you know, you've only had one review, but do you do follow-ups with the patients? Do you have them come in two weeks later? Do you have, do you write them an email? Do you call them? Okay. So me personally, I do not have the patients come back in two weeks later. And as a brand new injector, hear me, you all of your patients should come in two weeks later. It is going to teach you more about your injection skill than anything else when you have to sit there and look at your crappy work. <laughs> it will teach you, girl. It will teach you. You'll be like, ooh, I'm so sorry. We, we learn from our mistakes and that's everything in life. Yeah. Yes, we learn from our mistakes. And so I do tell my brand new injectors, you need to make a follow-up appointment with your patient every two weeks. With me, and, and I'm not you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I very rarely have a patient call and say that needs a touch up or this doesn't Mm -hmm. look right or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. a waste of my time and it's a waste of their time. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I tell my patients, my patients know if something doesn't look perfect two weeks later, you need to call me, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll take care of it. I just, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. No news is good news in my book. And I don't want to waste your time. And I don't, I definitely don't want to waste my time. I could have somebody else on my table and helping somebody else instead of looking at your perfect face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't do a two week touch up, but brand new injectors should all the time. Yeah. And so we do after our lasers, anything that you've had done in our office, we are going to, especially if you're a new patient, 
If it's something new to you, we are going to reach out to you. Let's, um, that's a really good policy. Um, in that note, on that note, um, in that light, we're, we're struggling sometimes as um, leaders to explore the idea of um, what it looks like for someone to get called out by that. We just got a notice actually from a past nurse that's no longer with us from the nursing board. Um, we've been approached by the medical board just inquisitively. Um, we've had these, and I don't think that that's a reality for a lot of these folks that are, you know, coming into this space. I feel like it's kind of like out of touch. It's like, oh, that could happen. Any thoughts on that? Any any experience with having to answer to these folks? Oh, it can totally happen. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to happen, especially Mm -hmm. disgruntled employees. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, this industry can get a little catty. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all have a little bit of bitch. Can I say bitch? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sorry. Uh, (laughs) We can all get a little bitchy sometimes. Right. And so. Of course, it's going to happen. I've had several friends that have have told me that this has happened to them. It never ends well for either one of you. Don't do it, people. Don't do it unless they're. And if we keep calling each other in on BS when it truly matters, I mean, and also you are calling attention to a part of our industry that you should not be calling attention to. The, The physicians are already gunning for us. Why would you be giving them ammunition? If it's, if it's really not warranted. Yeah. So now if somebody is using um, inauthentic products, if somebody is putting right. patients at risk, if somebody is not following the rules that we're supposed to follow, by all means, hear me, call those people in. Yeah. But if you're just mad at somebody and you just want to see if you can get them in trouble or see if the board can uh, catch them doing something you know, dirty, what is wrong with you? Grow up. Well, it's kind of a pattern too. It's, it's usually um, someone that is uh, one of our biggest fights that we have with especially non-professional nurses is that they don't want to chart and they don't want to do the protocols as, you know, as required. And so it kind of leads to, you know, us taking them off the schedule and then, you know, hopefully they go and find someone else to give a headache to. But um, how do you feel about the whole, like, when leading up to it, the whole process, do you have like a, a filtering process? Oh, for, for hiring or for, for when you, when you have a problematic, you know, injector nurse, someone that's not following protocol, especially with like not charting, not following, you know, due diligence, the things that we okay. all need. So it's so funny because I have not had to deal with this yet. Okay. Like, the only time that I've ever had to deal with this is at the front desk. Okay. And it's like, that's not our protocol. Like, that's not how we do it. What are you, what, you know, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So yeah, with us, we, we have very stringent policies, procedures, protocols. They get very good training. Um, so normally it is not an issue in my office. I've only had an issue at the front desk. Mm-hmm. And of course, all, all we do is we take them back out. We go through the protocol again, and then they get written up. They get written every up. Every single time. Yeah. You get written up every single time. And if you get three write-ups in my office, I mean, it's time to go. You're just, you're not. And especially for the same thing, you know, you're just, you're not listening. This is very, everything is important. How you answer the phone is important. How you book a patient is important. All of it, how you take a picture is important. All of it's important. Yeah, I feel like oh, that's one of the biggest pieces that, you know, we, and again, we're in LA, it's it's a little bit more um, of a fast pace 
you know, glamorous life. And I just want to be in the space and, and do, you know, amazing things. And, and the seriousness does not always register. So we do have, um, you know, that process, that filtering process where it's like, okay, if you're not going to follow protocols, you do get written up again, third write up, we're going to probably invite you to find other opportunities. Um, but we do the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also like how now you work with a doctor that is, um, you're in, are you working directly with, you said you were related to the doctor, two doctors. So I have two medical uh, directors. Mm -hmm. So my husband, you know, in Texas as a nurse, you're not allowed to own a med spa. Right. Right. So I'm allowed to say that I'm a founder, uh, but I can't right ownership. Same so, here. Yeah. Yeah. So my husband is the one who owns the medical side of the mm -hmm. uh, med spa. Yeah. And then I'm allowed to be managing. Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to manage the med spa. Right. Um, so the name of the med spa, the, our email, our website, everything is I control, mm -hmm. but, and he just makes the medical decisions and then has the ownership of right. so I have three. I have actually three different companies. Mm -hmm. I have the aesthetics by Sonia that he owns, which is the medical part of the practice. Mm -hmm. We have uh, the lab med spa, which it, you know, me, which is um, uh, SIF management. And so mm -hmm. I own all of that. Mm -hmm. And then I have a different company that actually owns the building, you mm -hmm. know, because we purchased a building mm -hmm. and I read from myself. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And Great it just, keep, well, it just keeps everything a little bit more protected. And mm -hmm. I have to give him, full, you know, my husband's been awesome at this. He's the one that actually got me out of, I would have always been with a plastic surgeon. I love boobs just as much as I love Botox. <laughs> I love circulating the OR. Um, you know, needles are my favorite, but I, I always wanted to be in a plastic surgeon's office because I just thought it was the highest level of functioning that you could be as, as somebody in our industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't fix everything with a needle. So I like selling plastic surgery as well, mm -hmm. but I just couldn't find somebody who was going to treat me with respect and professionally and not try to just put a dog collar on me. Mm -hmm. um, my last place that I worked was just horrible. And I was crying and my husband finally was just like, what are you doing? You know, you're the one that has done all of this work. They fought, they will follow you anywhere. Why do you keep trying to give it away to somebody else? And so I have to give him full props for making me do this. Cause I would have never opened up my own spots spots too. It's too hard work. <laughs> I don't want to work this hard. <laughs> it is hard work. I think that's the other piece that folks don't realize is that you really do live and breathe it. It's not, you don't just go home at, you know, six o'clock or five or whatever. You are always working. It yeah. is like having an infant again, that needs mm -hmm. to get fed every three hours. I'm not mm -hmm. kidding. It's the mm -hmm. best analogy that I can come up with. Yeah. But he, so he is our, you know, he gets full props for making all of this happen and helping me set everything up because most of the time as nurses, we are just not very good at business. Mm -hmm. We have very altruistic hearts. We just want to help people. And so when it comes to the business side of things, we're just, we're not really good at getting our money. Um, so he's been invaluable for helping me on that aspect of it. And then we also have our, I will never work without a plastic surgeon. I just won't. I, I feel very strongly about that. Um, I'm certified in not only plastic surgery, but also aesthetics. I realize that not everybody can do this. So I'm, I, I need you to hear me. I, I've got, I'm not being condescending. Everybody mm -hmm. can do whatever they want, but like, I want a facial, at least a facial reconstructive plastic surgeon. Mm -hmm. or a full plastic surgeon as our medical director. 
Great you standards. mentioned the, um, the certified, you're certified in plastic surgery. So I'm actually sitting for my CANS test next. I know I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I need to find, I've had so much going on. I'm like, oh my God, I have it next week. But um, talk a little bit about being a certified aesthetic nurse specialist and plastic surgery nurse um, and about that process if someone's not um, not knowledgeable in that. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know that you know you get all these little certifications to all the trainings that you go to and everything's they can put, I'm certified. You mm-hmm. can't. Okay. So all of the master injectors, all of the advanced injectors, all of the certified injectors, unless you have that CPSN, unless you have that CANS, um, you're not certified. You're, you're just a I guess, nurse injector. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people call it an aesthetic nurse or a cosmetic nurse. Um, and I understand because I was the same way that they were when I, before I knew about cans or C-SPAN, I was like, what, you know, how do people, what do I call myself? I don't even know what to call myself. Um, so it's connected with ISPAN, the International Society of Plastic and Aesthetic Nursing. And um, the the plastic surgery nursing board is who you test underneath. Um, you do have to work for a core physician. So you do have to work for derm, oculoplastic, ophthalmolo- ophthalmologist, or um, plastic surgeon in order to qualify to take these exams. Um, I don't know if they're going to change the aesthetic certification in the future. I, I sit on the board of education for ISPAN and I waffle do I want to keep the certifications, you know, up here? I do, you know, and that would be keeping it core. But then I also want to be inclusive of all the people who are doing the damn thing every day that aren't working for a core physician. Like if you're in aesthetics 100% and you are very good and very safe and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, do I think that you deserve to be able to get a certification? I do. I actually do. Mm. So I'm, I'm in this like catch between because I do want to keep us at a higher echelon and make sure that, you know, not just anybody can get it, but I also want to be inclusive. So I just don't know how we do that going forward. But I do think, um, if you are, if you are able to get your certification in aesthetics and plastic surgery, you should, Mm -hmm. it shows other people in the industry that you're serious about what you're doing and you should educate your patients about what those initials mean. Because right. it does mean something to them. Mm-hmm. It does. So very, I think very good. Yeah. yeah. Very good, good summary of, of the benefits of it. Um, timelines. What about timelines? Do you feel like, you know, you can really get everything under your belt in a couple of years? Um, it depends on who you're with. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Yeah. I know some injectors that have only been injecting for three years and by God, they can give me a run for my money because they have had good mentoring. They have been with people that I would crawl on broken glass to, to go and train with. Right. Mm-hmm. So yes, I do think some people can go that fast because they have it. When we, when we interview people for aesthetics, I don't care about your nursing degree. You got through nursing. Great. You have a science brain. Awesome. Do you know what I care about? I care about, um, do you have something artistic about you? You know, how is your house decorated? Can you mix your patterns with your clothing? Do you have like, because that is what I'm more concerned about is, are you going to be able to look at a patient and are you going to be able to see what do I need to fix? 
Do you dance? Do you, I mean, anything artistic right. is usually going to translate into a needle. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, my son was a dancer for a very long time. And so I just tell everybody, I watched a lot of dances because I was a dance mom. Not really. Mm-hmm. I was a dance dad. I was kind of at the bar and they would just tell me if he won something and I would come back and I'd be like, good job, you know, <sighs> but I had to watch a lot of dances in his career. And do you know how everybody knows the same dance, but you're always drawn to just that one person on the stage. Yeah, That's your injector. Mm -hmm. That's the one you want to find. Yeah. The one that you just, they have that little something extra in them and that they're going to be a superstar. So they do go faster. And then some of them, you're going to be with them for three years and you're just going to be like, baby, it ain't, it ain't for you. Mm-mm. It's just yeah. not for you. You're never going to get this. It's never going to be good. And you should just hang it up. Yeah. We maybe need to add that to our application process, Patty. We do. Yeah, we try. I mean, we in that, on that note of being inclusive, we try so hard to be inclusive. We try, we bring a lot of, we, we're kind of the first stage of aesthetics because we don't do a ton of injectables. We're more on the laser side, skin, skincare and facials. Um, so we're always hopeful, you know, someone's going to come through like a shining star, but it doesn't always pan out that way. And usually my first indicator is how they show up to work. If they're a train wreck looking, you know, like they're not even investing in themselves, they are not going to, they're not going to last. No, no one's buying what you're selling. If you, if you don't even bother to like do your hair and makeup or not crazy makeup, just something. No, Yeah. I don't want anything crazy. In fact, I don't wear makeup at work. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing tinted moisturizer right now. Mm-hmm. I have, a, you know, I have my powder brows and a little lip gloss. So yeah. I just tell everybody, I want your face to look natural. I don't yeah. want you coming in with caked on makeup, but I do want you to try. Now, yeah. does your hair have to be like this all? I'm not going to wear this to work. It's going to, it's, it's going to fall in my face. In your face. Yeah. I'm going to be touching my hair all day. No, but am I going to put it up and it's going to be neat and it's going to be kind of cute? Yeah. I don't expect that. But yeah. if you can't even come to the interview or if you can't even come to work looking fairly decent, we're in the world of aesthetics. I'm right. so sorry. I know we're yeah. not supposed to look at that, but like, baby, you're in a whole different world right now. Oh, no, I totally agree. And I, I do look at that. And I say that, you know, it's like you have to walk your walk. You got to show that you drink your own Kool-Aid. It doesn't doesn't work. Otherwise, people will think you're a fake, you're a phony. And this is a high trust business. So you have to have to show up, you know, an, a certain level of authenticity that does look like you really do invest in yourself. Well, and the patients are looking to us. They're like, yeah. if you look good, that means that you can make me look good. I mean, it's yeah. not like you're going to walk into a hairdresser's um, place. And if their hair is a hot mess, I mean, what do you, I mean, you're going to be right. like, Ooh, girl, I left the iron on. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been such a delight. Sonia, thank you so much for all of your fun energy and your amazing stories. Um, any, any last, last takeaways for, for new hopefuls and folks wanting to step into this space? We talked about a lot, but mm-hmm. I guess what I'm going to leave the new ones with is, um, work hard. It's yeah. not, it's not like any other industry that you have been in, um, and have, you know, you need to have gratitude for what you get mm-hmm. and they need to realize that nobody really owes them anything. You, mm-hmm. you have to go out there and you have to get it for yourself. All of these people that you're wanting something from, they had to do the damn thing themselves. And so if they are willing to even give you a piece of themselves, be grateful, say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing a lot of like entitlement lately. And I'm just like, wow, where is this coming from? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so that's, that's probably the last thing, you know, like just to sum it all up. um, If you really want to be in this industry, be humble, be grateful um, and don't be entitled. Yeah. I, I feel like that's very, very good advice and something that I feel like is kind of missing sometimes in these, these days of work ethic. All right. Well, thank you so much again for spending time with us and uh, tell, tell our audience where they can find you on social. Oh, okay. So we are at the Lab Med Spa. And so we're located in South Lake, Texas. Mm-hmm. Pretty much you can find us on every social media site if you look up the Lab Med Spa. And then if you're wanting to look me up, it's just Sonia Ellis or Sonia at the Lab Med Spa. Um, if you do either one of those, I should come up, mm-hmm. you know, like if I, if I don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Take care. Yeah. Bye.